Hi everyone and welcome to Bootstrapping SaaS. I am Val Sopi and currently I'm running Blogstatic.io, a blogging and newsletter platform. In this show, I invite guests to talk about SaaS and sometimes I run solo with an update. Kavan is the building public master. Uh, through his coaching courses and just his presence online, he has helped many people on Twitter get ahead. Today, we'll dive deeper into Kavan's journey and any lessons he can share with us about the personal brand online and growing a Twitter audience in general. Uh, welcome to the show, Kavan. Hey, Val. Thank you so much for having me here. Uh, I've been waiting for our chat, so now let's uh, share with everyone. Yeah, I know. We scheduled this like uh, two, three months ago, I think. It just Our schedules wouldn't match, so... <laughs> Thanks for staying on on the on schedule with me. Yeah, I was awesome, surprised. Man. What is this on the calendar? But then <laughs> I just need to dig it out. Yeah, yeah, cool, man. So I have a question that I sometimes ask uh, guests that come on, and I believe that we change every day, uh, from day to day, month to month, year to year. So my question to you is, who is Kavan today? Um, Kavan today. What a question. <laughs> um, it's a tough one. Yeah, I mean, it's same as my personal brand online. Um, I talk a lot about, you know, building public authenticity. But who I really am is a guy who is a new dad. I have a 15-month-old baby girl. And so my life is really oriented around my family. So what I'm doing right now with all these things online is to design a life that can make me flexible enough so that I can have more time with my family. That's all I think about today. Yeah, that is so cool. Like I totally relate to that. Just sort of rearranging your work life around the lifestyle that you want to to enjoy. Um, that's very admirable. Um, yeah, man, that's really cool. Uh, so I know you do a lot of stuff. Uh, I think most of your things uh, revolve around Twitter, coaching, uh, building an audience on Twitter. So maybe I wanted to start with your uh, coaching service and and what that is exactly. Sure. So I actually got online about eighteen months ago, uh, end of two thousand and twenty. So my story was that I was a nobody online. No one knew me. So the only thing I had was a LinkedIn profile. So I was quite frustrated. Like I worked for so many years, but then everything is with the company or the company I created, but nothing is under my real name. So. I got online, I started to create, I started to create useful resources for people. And you know, over time, I just built my presence on top of building public, making Twitter friends, this type of topic. Also helping other people get online in the right way. So as I go on, actually the first six months, I made $0 because mm -hmm. I was thinking about, okay, I am nobody. I need to build some credibility. It's all it matters on the internet. So I made no money. But then later on, I started getting the same questions over and over again. People would come to me and say, I'm new to Twitter. How do I even craft my profile? Um, how do I start building in public? So slowly, I just decided to put it out there and say, I'm here for you if you need me. So that that's yeah. about it. Very cool. And that, that uh, evolved into something more like, like a sort of like a coaching service where it was more structured in a way? Yeah. So it is, I, it's kind of different formats. So I also have a cohort-based course where people come together for three weeks and then we have 
a lot of content, live workshops, and basically you get to hang out with other people and do it together. Mm-hmm. So that's for one type of people who value the community perspective. Mm-hmm. And then the coaching one is, you know, busy people who just want to get things right now. You right. can we can hop on a call and I can give you all the actionable tips based on how I see your online presence. I'll give you some I'll interview you and I'll help you think about how to craft the bio. And if you want to work longer term, then we can uh, work on a three months thing. So I help them basically plan their strategy to get online and then re- revisit how things are going. And then I give you more actionable tips. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, I've, I've ran across your um, your coaching and the cohort base um a service on Twitter. And I know a lot of people have said so many great things about that. So that's really cool that you, you know, you've helped so many people, I guess, get online and start from zero followers most of the time. Is that right? Yeah, not exactly zero, but you know, those are high school friend, college mm-hmm. friends that they don't even get on Twitter anymore. So it's like a okay. hundred dead followers. Right. Yes. Yes. Of course. Um, <laughs> maybe not targeted, I guess, in a way. So Exactly. Um, so, so you know, from your experience, I'm always curious. You know, what are people getting wrong? Uh, what are people getting wrong about Twitter when they attempt or when they start to build an audience online? Good question. I think okay. um, I was just talking to someone who is beta reading my upcoming book. So we actually talk a lot about this in the last two oh. hours. So this is fresh in my mind. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> I think. The biggest misconception is that when people get on Twitter, they think that Twitter is for one purpose because they're looking at the first people that they follow. For example, if you get on Twitter and then you start to follow Elon Musk, uh, Mm. Biden, Jeff Bezos, then of course you're going to think that Twitter is a place for these big names to share their message with the world. But on the other hand, if you get on Twitter and then you kind of friend with me and Val, you, then you'll become just one of the founders trying to build meaningful things online and you have a totally different experience, which is very mm-hmm. supportive. So I think the biggest misconception is that Twitter is just a platform. There are so many versions of t- Twitter depending on who you surround yourself with. And I really want to help correct that misconception. And Mm -hmm. if people are good experience. Very cool. Yeah. So I know a lot of people want results right away. Um, You know, they want to get on Twitter. Maybe they get discouraged because not many people are following them. And I read, I was reading through your websites and I wanted to know what are some of the ways, some of more sustainable ways to grow your influence on Twitter over time. Yeah. So, so many people focus on the hacks, like, Oh, mm-hmm. I, I want to write a viral tweet and get like a hundred likes so that I can get more followers. But from my personal experience, I know that people follow you based on a viral tweet. They're not going to stick around because they don't, mm-hmm. they don't really care about who you are. They mostly just, you know, surf around. But what I find to be the most helpful is that um, I just take my time to share my stories I'm not craving for attention, but I'm just really showing my work. And then the right people would come through the door. And then I either 
have a private conversation with them or email conversation. I actually do quite a bit of email conversation, and mm-hmm. it's quite slow and asynchronous, so it's quite nice. Some one of the people that I talk to, we email each other once a month. <laughs> so you know, these type of connections on the internet is more meaningful because usually you get more help. You can express your struggle. You can help each other out, and you know what is always like referral and word of mouth that fuel your business. So these connections are more meaningful than just random followers that show up on your door. Yeah, totally. It just reminded me. Uh, one person is interviewing me via email and they didn't send all the questions they're sending me one question at a time and i'm replying to them and this is like you know like uh, i get one question a day i might reply after like five days and then they will send me another question after that like a follow-up and it's it's pretty interesting like i've never had a uh, sort of um an interview or like an ongoing conversation like that via email and it's really refreshing you know just to keep it going like back in the day when people used to send letters and wait for days to get it back, you know? So <laughs> it's really cool. And one other thing that um, is very interesting that you said about uh, having a viral tweet and then expecting people to follow you. When I'm seeing some tweet that I like, uh, maybe it's a thread, which I don't read much, but I like to bookmark. I rarely ever follow the person. Like I'm usually following people that I, I'm relating to with what I'm doing right now uh, or people that are doing something similar to me, uh, but definitely not going after the, the accounts who are by any cost looking to grow and have threads every day and repost and everything. It just feels to me like it's so engineered and it's not authentic. And I don't know if that like relates to your course, but that is something that I'm finding with myself, like how I'm reacting to Twitter. Totally. I think one of the most common talked about strategy when you first get on Twitter is to go to the conversations, right? So mm-hmm. you, would, uh, you would go to the most influential people with a lot of followers. And then when they tweet, you jump into the tweet and reply first so that you're showing off your value to many other people. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think the misconception here is that... Um, we follow influencer accounts so that we can kind of steal their followers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, mm-hmm. the phrase is steal their followers. But then when you think about who you actually enjoy interacting with, it's not really the people that you just read a tweet from. It's usually the people that you know them as a person. They're quite quirky. Sometimes mm-hmm. they post a picture of their cat. Sometimes they post a picture of their work desk in parallel with giving a lot of value and telling their stories in mostly business. So I see a good Twitter presence to be a bunch of stuff that, but uh, sorry, a bunch of stuff bundled together. Mm-hmm. So, but a lot of people when they first get on, it's just one single dimension. Um, so yeah, uh, we're we're here to change it. Yeah, yeah. And one of my questions that actually I've, I've written down is that how much do you think people should um, uh, switch between? staying on topic and sharing sort of their personal things, like you said, like, you know, their quirkiness, their uniqueness, like how much, like what sort of percentage do you think if you can put it sort of in a ballpark figure? Yeah. So I was actually having a conversation with one of my students from the course. We ended two weeks ago and I was catching up with him last week and he was like, 
oh my god, now I can finally bring my true self online. Like in real、mm-hmm. life, I'm quite sassy. I like to make fun of people, but online, I cannot do it because people don't know me, and when I make fun of them, it feels、mm. very offensive. So his new approach is that okay, I'm going to use value、um, and friendship to bring people in first, and then once we get to know each other, I can start being my true self because they don't mind it anymore, they don't judge me anymore. So I think that is a very great message to all of us.、Um, Online world is different from real world because you don't really see that person. So sometimes you need to、um, use a different way to attract people first, and then once they're in, show your true self. It should be a step by step approach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sarcasm usually doesn't translate really good online. I failed with it a couple of times, and people just take it like the wrong way because, I mean. It's hard to, because sarcasm has to do with the tone and delivery of the, you know, of the phrase, and it's so hard. So,、um, this, you know, this、uh, friend of yours,、uh, the student of yours, I hope, I hope they, you know, they do it better than I did.、Um, yeah, but once you're a friend, then it's okay, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Probably not sarcasm, but like、mm-hmm. you can be a, a bit more casual and、um, just having fun,、uh, maybe right, not、yeah. being ironic. Yeah. No,、oh, that's true. That's totally true. Um, yeah. So、uh, the other question I had is, what are what is your thoughts about threads in general? Oh, okay. So <laughs> I I do see that lately there's a lot of opinions about threads.、Um, I have I have the same feeling with the people around me, which is there are more and more people who just basically turn blog post type of content into threads. And so the format usually is like listicle. Oh, here are the ten ways that I make a million dollar last year.、Mm-hmm. Here are the seven things to to do when you first get on Twitter.、Um, this type of content do really well. I don't I don't know why, but I think there are a lot of lurkers on Twitter where they just consume, consume, consume.、Mm-hmm. So they don't mind clicking the retweet and the like button. But from the outsider's mind, they're like, "Oh my God, this type of tweet does really well. So let me copy it, so that more and more people do it." I think this type of style of thread not my cup of tea because、mm-hmm. it's not authentic. You're just craving for attention too much, and there's too much engineering behind it. But I think if you are telling your story in a thread, for example, I usually write mine like, "Oh, I struggle with this." Last week, and then I spent some time working on this, and I figured it out this is my lesson learned.、Mm-hmm. If the thread is like this, then I, I don't get a lot of likes because this type of tweet people cannot retweet because it's your own story. Right. But I do get a lot of people who just get to know me better and better every single day, and that's the most important thing. Yeah, totally.、Um, I think one thing I've heard is that Twitter, I think, promotes threads more. Than、uh, actual tweets, I'm not. I'm not really 100 on that one, but I guess somehow if you have your, which I don't, if you have your home、uh, sort of setting on、uh, on Twitter where it shows like just、um, not your chronological newsfeed, which I, I mean, I, I have it on last. I use use the chronological sort of feed, but if you don't use that, then I think organically Twitter、uh, promotes those tweets more, like the threaded ones and. And whatnot. So I don't know. I think people like are engineering, you know, all、yeah. all their growth in that way. 
I'm not um, sure actually. This this yeah. is new to me. If this is true, yeah, I don't know. I don't know for sure. It's something that I've 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 overheard somewhere. So yeah, uh, maybe somebody knows better from the listeners. But uh, yeah, so I I want to switch gears a bit, and um, I know you do a lot about uh, around building in public, coach people on that. Um, so my question is, what is building in public, and what is it not? What it is not. All right. Question. So yeah. I'm gonna paint you a picture right now. All right. Um, let's imagine you're walking into a restaurant, and this is not your typical restaurant where you know kitchen at the back, and then you only see the table and chairs and the bar.、Um, this is a restaurant with an open kitchen, so you can see exactly what the chef is doing, preparing the ingredients, cooking, putting the food on the plate, you know, ready to serve, and this is exactly what building in public is like. So. Traditionally, we're we were taught to paint a really fancy picture, you know, the marketing stories, and then put it、mm-hmm. out there. But I think as we get to like 2022 now,、um, it's not working anymore. Like we care more about who is doing it, how they're doing it, what's their style, are they being their true self? These type、mm-hmm. of things a lot more. So if you are just Um, working at the open kitchen, you're basically sharing a lot of work in progress、um, throughout the journey. For example, I'll give you an example here. I'm writing a book, and I don't just talk about my book when it's done. I actually talked about it when I first got the idea, and I put it out there. And I have the table of contents, and I put it out there, and people would start giving me feedback. And then later on, I would invite some people to be my beta readers. And then maybe I have some changes. I change the book title. I change the direction of the book,、mm-hmm. and I keep telling people that. So by the end, when I launch it, you know, a lot of people already know that I'm working on this, and they don't need to read a long landing page to get to know what this book is about. So work in progress has that effect, and it's quite amazing. Yeah, you know, some people I've I've heard they get discouraged. When、uh, they're not when they're they're not doing building in public, they're just sort of lurking on Twitter, looking at other people. And in my opinion, some people are using building public strictly as a marketing channel and sharing only the positives, the wins, and everything. And we all know, us who have more experience in how things go, we know that's not the case every day. And somebody who's new to the game, they look at that and they compare themselves to that. And they're like, "Oh my god! Like I'm not doing anything. Like these people are are crushing it every day." And sometimes I feel like that is very inauthentic. Like people sharing the wins only because I I don't think building in public is that. Like what you shared with a kitchen analogy in the restaurant, like that's more like it. Like I want to see. How Kavan is changing his title of the book, and the reasons behind why they're changing it. But not every day, like, hey, I made twenty sales and I made thirty sales, which is fine too. But without the mix of the reality behind, like how the sausage is made in a way, in the factory. Like, what do you think about that? Where where do you stand on that sort of notion? Yeah, I think in the, on the online world,、um, we know that these type of numbers, like revenue, profit, income.、Mm-hmm. They're attractive, and this is because a lot of what we do is to help other people do things online. So we're just helping each other out.、Uh, 
Um, yeah, I do see a lot of companies or people who just like keep using the revenue to bring people in. Um, I don't, I don't know how to say about this, but I think how you display yourself will mm-hmm. attract a certain type of people. So if you want to attract a get rich fast, you know, mm-hmm. uh, only care about hacks and want to do everything fast and that's what you want sure (laughs) i I, i'm not in that camp but sure but for me i'm like i really want to help people and share my lesson learned so even if they don't become my customer right they don't join my course or buy my book if i can help them a little bit in their journey i i feel so good about myself and Mm -hmm. i rather attract people like this and that's why i usually share my struggles and mistakes and even tease myself sometimes for not having some success here and there um Mm -hmm. so it depends on what you want and then you can approach it that way yeah absolutely like i i like that you know like i see your tweets and i really appreciate you know you sharing all the behind the scenes and of course the wins i mean the wins are super important because it motivates not just ourselves but the person who's following us. But if they get a glimpse of reality, I think it's better for their mental health to know that, hey, I'm crushing it with 10K followers. And I know you just started it, but I've been where you are. So just keep going. You know, I like that approach much better than, you know, I'm winning every day. And like, you're looking at that, you're like, oh my God, like I suck. Like I should quit this stuff today. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. sort of appealing like that, that those things can give you. But And um, I think... A lot of people, you know, entrepreneurs, they would say, I make how much money in six weeks because mm-hmm. I launched this new thing. And they are painting a wrong picture for the other people who are behind them to make mm-hmm. them feel like, oh my God, if I have a huge audience, I can make uh, 10K in six weeks as well. Mm-hmm. But I really appreciate those entrepreneurs who are like, I made 10,000 in six weeks, but guess what? I didn't make a single dime in the last 18 months. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> and, exactly. and all this learning got me to this point where I la- launched the right product. So I just appreciate people coming in from a standpoint of giving people the right direction and the mm-hmm. right information. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. you know, like I, you know, we, we get, we get into these conversations with some of the Twitter friends, Slack groups about building in public and what it is and what it is not, you know, like, you know, I, when I started building in public, which was a long time ago, I think around 2017, I was sharing this coding sort of YouTube videos, me coding online and just going about my startup and, uh, and just talking about everything, you know, like failures and sales and maybe even more failures. And then you had the new people come in like after 2020, just like crushing it every day, you know? And I'm like, eh, you know, it just doesn't work like that. You're painting like the wrong picture for those coming after you. Uh, and I think our responsibility, uh, if we have more experience, is to short, sort of not show the reality because the reality can change, but just show our reality and let them do whatever they want to do with it in hopes that they find it helpful or they remix it, they do something better with it. I think that's more responsible in a way. Yeah, but anyway, I totally yeah. agree with you. I, I just want to point out one thing. Sorry. Sure, yeah, go ahead, man. What you said is 100% right. Like I usually tell people, when you show up online, your job is not to teach. 
because when you teach, you have this expert tone, like you have to do this. This is what you need to do to have success. But、mm-hmm. we are just a learner and a sharer. So I've tried this last week and it works. Why it works?、Um, I tried this the other week. It doesn't work. We're just sharing and then letting people say, "Do I make sense with this? Do I want to try it out as well?" Let them make the decision, not telling、mm-hmm. them what to do. Yeah, totally. I think I think that that sort of teacher expert quote unquote. I think it comes from people who maybe. Um, I'm on a stretch here, but it's probably like they didn't have much experience, and maybe then they have something that they want to sell, so they want to sound like an expert in a way, which is totally understandable. Like people have expenses, they have bills to pay, and they try to find the best way to do that. But it doesn't really paint the real picture of you know how things work、uh, in reality. So I'm glad some of us at least are attempting to do that.、Um, so yeah.、Um, In your bio and one of your websites, I was reading that you were part or were running a venture back startup before, and then you stopped that, like when COVID hit. Like, would you share something about that? Like what it was, why it stopped, and some of the lessons you learned there. Oh yeah! Wow, you really read deep into my profile. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm trying to make a good interview, so <laughs> I, I appreciate that. I appreciate yeah, the sure. preparation. Sure thing. So,、man. it was actually.、Um, Throughout COVID, so the last startup I was running, I had investors, angel investors, not a VC,、mm-hmm. so it's funded. And you know, we we went through a lot because we first was trying to build software for the conference market, the the real events market, and then、oh, you、wow. know, COVID hit, so、mm-hmm. we had to change our plan, and then we pivot and became the virtual meeting platform. But the thing with this kind of pivot is that we knew nothing about the space. We don't even know how people use online meetings. We were just guessing the whole time, and because we already had a team, like I, I would be straight up with you,、uh, having a team is very hard when you're trying、mm-hmm. to figure things out because you feel like everyone is sitting here doing nothing. And you just need to give them something to do. Otherwise, they would be like, "Oh, I'm just gonna quit." <laughs> so. Uh, the the truth is, I couldn't figure it out. Our team couldn't figure it out. And end of two thousand and twenty, I decided to say, let's stop here.、Um, and that's when my baby girl was about to、uh, be born. So I took some time off to think about what I really wanted to do. And that was when I started reading online, and I found out, ooh, actually,、mm-hmm. there are a lot of influential people. Uh, influential, as in, like they seem to be liked by a lot of people,、mm-hmm. and they they share their journey so transparently, and I learn a ton so that I can get started as well. So you know that was my kind of turning point in my life and how I got into building in public.、Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. And what is your background in terms of professionally? Like, are you、uh, when you were running、uh, your your startup? Like, what was your job there? What was your main th- sort of thing? I was the founder and CEO. Okay. So, yeah. So, but I、That's、pretty、tough. much do every day,、uh, everything. I mean,、mm-hmm. and then previous to that, I mean, I I made websites since I was like twelve or thirteen. But then、oh, I,、wow. like most people from Hong Kong, I decided to major in finance. <laughs> oh, cool. Okay. Because it's a big part of the city. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew I didn't like it. So after graduation, I went to a coding bootcamp. In New York for three months, and I got a job in Singapore as a software engineer. So I was flying around, and finally, 
wow. became a software engineer, something that I really like. Um, but then I realized I didn't want to sit in front of the laptop coding all day. <laughs> so, so I joined someone else who is running a kids coding school. So a physical academy where we bring kids mm -hmm. into our campus. So that was my kind of first taste in um, entrepreneurship because I was kind of the second person working next to the founder. Um, and then the company I was talking about earlier about virtual meeting platform. So that was kind of my, my oh, journey. Wow. That's cool. I mean, having the finance background and then the coding and now that you're doing with coaching and writing, it's pretty amazing, like journey, like the, the whole line. I had no idea that you did coding, actually. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so sometimes cool. I feel like life just kind of bring everything together. You know, mm -hmm. my, my tech background got me online doing everything myself. And then my education background got me to share with people what I know. So that's pretty mm -hmm. cool. That is really, do you still code ever for like fun or anything for yourself? Uh, unfortunately, no. I don't okay. consider myself a good coder because, you know, I didn't major in CS. I only attended coding bootcamp. So I can build things. Mm -hmm. But if you ask me about deep theory, I would have no idea. So no, I, I, I like writing these days. Oh, cool. That is nice. Yeah. And uh, that gets me to the next, next question. Uh, you're writing a book. Uh, which we mentioned briefly uh, in the beginning of the show. And that book is Showing Up Right, How to Design Your Influential Online Presence So Connections and Opportunities Come Find You. Uh, I read the table of contents and all the website, and it's, it has a lot of stuff uh, you're writing about. Uh, I wanted to know a little bit more about uh, are you self-publishing? How is the process going? And all that. Yeah, so I started writing um, September last year, which is six months ago. Okay. And then I took a pause um, for three months because I was very busy uh, creating, refining, and running my live cohort-based course. And it was a bad mistake because, you know, with a project like this, when you put it down, it's so hard to pick it up again. But the good side is after three months, I had a lot of new perspective. Um, I was able to, you know, narrow down the scope and, you know, ha just had more knowledge to to share. Um, yeah, the whole the whole process. I was talking about it a little bit. I built it open. Sorry, I wrote it in public so that mm -hmm. I have been inviting people into the process very early on. So I'm actually doing a beta reading round two so that I can get a lot of feedback to help me shape the book. And you know what? S someone I was just having a call with earlier today gave me a lot of good feedback about how uh, the book is not yet actionable. Um, the focus is, mm -hmm. is a bit off because at the end I talk about building a free email course, but then the focus of the book is about Twitter presence, right? So you know, without writing this in public, I would not be able to get all this feedback and then my book will probably not work well. Mm -hmm. But now but now with all this feedback, I am pretty sure when I launch, people are going to say, oh, this is useful and I'll be really happy about that. So yeah, feedback is very important in the process. True, true. And do you have a system where you're sitting down every day and writing for a certain amount of time or is just as you get inspired, you, you keep going? 
Oh, definitely need a system. So、mm-hmm. since I have a lot written down now, I'm in kind of in the refining process. What、okay. I usually do is that、uh, morning time is my you know sacred hours. So I block all my Monday to Friday morning, and it's dedicated to the book. And I would just be sitting down, you know, get into the mode and keep writing, writing, writing.、Um, and、cool. and you ask about self publishing.、Um, yes. At first, I honestly I had no idea how to do it. At first, I was just thinking, oh, maybe I can do a e version, you know, Kindle version. But the more I work on it, I feel like this book can actually make a difference in people's life and. Having a physical book would be really cool, you know. Having something to show yeah, people, yeah. and I learned that it's not that hard to do it. You just upload it on Amazon, and they take care of the rest. So I think I'm gonna do、oh, it.、Wow. Yeah, and I'm I'm actually I have it somewhere in my task for the past ten years maybe to write a book.、Um, <laughs> and how do you go about starting it? Like, do you just write? Like, did you start with a table of contents of of sort of like direction, or you just Wrote and wrote, and then started to see what's what the pattern is in your book. Yeah, so I actually met a lot of people who wants to read.、Uh, sorry, who wants to write books these days. Okay. And my my first recommendation to them is that、um, writing a book should not be the first product you create because it takes a lot of practice to actually teach the concept over and over again to know what makes up a good book. So this is something I learned from. I don't know if you heard of the book, The Mom Test. Have you heard of it? Yes, yes. Okay, yes. so the the author Rob Fitzpatrick,、uh, he actually wrote a different book called Write Useful Books. So he detailed the entire process to write a very useful nonfiction book, and I basically just followed the process of like、um, teach before you write. So I was、um, already doing. What I do, you know, with one-on-one coaching, one-on-one calls, running courses, I have experience teaching this topic for a long time. So I sort of build up my understanding and my belief in the topic. So then now it's just about putting things together. But I learned that a lot of people they want to b- write a book to to sell when they haven't taught or shared with people anything, and that's gonna be really rough. So,、mm-hmm. yeah, back to your question. Sorry,、uh, the process is yeah,、uh, table of content first, make it very descriptive, and then start interviewing people. I remember last September I scheduled ten calls with potential reader, and I was just basically sitting there and read the table of content together, and understanding what they're thinking in their mind. Like, is this useful? Is this not useful? And that was really great because. I had I get to refine the table of content before actually writing anything, and this is from the book、uh, Rob's write useful book.、Um, mm-hmm. So、uh, I don't want to share too much of the secret sauce from his book, but、sure. let's let's go find his book and read it. It's awesome. Yeah, I've never actually heard that book, uh, uh, so I'm definitely going to check it out, and I'll probably stick to writing a fiction or some novel in my case because I haven't started teaching people much besides sharing, you know, what I've learned along the way. So,、um, <laughs> yeah, cool stuff, man.、Um, is there anything that I I haven't asked that maybe you want to share, like even、uh, plug in a product or something that you're currently working, something that you're pushing, or something that's upcoming, maybe? 
Uh, I think we cover it pretty much. Um, <laughs> I think the book would be quite a big project for me. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I do hope that, thanks for bringing it up. I do hope that it can help more people get online to Twitter the right way. Because I just see so many people getting lost or getting frustrated here and there. Um, yeah, that's about it. I think we had a really fun, casual chat today. Yeah, yeah, awesome. You know, and I, 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 you know, I looked at the table of contents, and you know, from what you've shared up to now that I follow you, like your approach, your approach is very authentic, and I think it will do really good. So I'm, I'm really excited to pick it up once, uh, once it's launched. And do you have a date by any chance? Like, can I pressure you on that, or you just have it open ended? <laughs> I pressure myself. So okay. um, I want to launch in May. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, but you know what? I get this feedback from my round two beta reading this week. And I'm thinking, mm, I should not rush because a book is yes. a book. And once it's done, um, I mean, you can update it, but but it's not going to be the same. So I'm I'm kind of a perfectionist and mm -hmm. I build things very slow because I care about the quality. So let's hope for May, if not June. That is cool, yeah. Um, I play Zelda um, on, on Nintendo. I love the game, especially the last one they released like a couple of years ago. And they were supposed to come up with the game uh, with the latest one last year. They pushed it to this year, late this year. And then yesterday... They came out saying it's not going to be done until spring to 2023. And honestly, like as, as much as I'm excited for the game, like I'd rather them stick to it to making it great as it is than rather just release it because some people want it, you know. So with that said, like it's a horrible analogy, by the way, to your book. But, you know, like being a perfectionist, like you said, like it's I think it's best that, you know, everything in that book is, is what it is like at the end of it, like you're happy with it. Rather than say, hey, I'm going to launch in May and then launch in May and then, you know, you might find out like, oh, I should have made this better, you know, so. Yeah, and uh, I just yeah. want to point out one more thing. Like on the internet, a lot of people build digital products, right? Mm -hmm. So there is this mindset of like building something fast and putting it out there and then yeah. you get a spike of revenue from the launch. But the thing is, the launch is just a small part of your revenue. The, the key is like, how do you get re like ongoing mm -hmm. revenue? And if your product is not that good, it's, it's not going to, it's not going to last. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, pay attention to that. Yeah. I don't know, but you know, that's, that thing is nice. I mean, I, I think people shouldn't hold on to their products forever, but the bar is so high recently because there are so many great products, so many great books we don't have the luxury of people who started making products in 2010 when there weren't so many products out there and you could launch something and it would be the only one of that kind and you could launch anything, you know, nowadays it's like there are so many books and so many products. So, you know, you might as well make it really nice to begin with, not hold on to it forever, but make it nice. You know, I, I think it's a fine line nowadays. So yeah, yeah, I totally man. agree. Yeah. 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 You, you pinpoint it really well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, hey, this was awesome, Kwan. Uh, really enjoyed talking to you. I know we've been in touch online, but this was great to just uh, hang out and, and talk in real life, if I can say, even though like we're online still. So, yeah, thank you. Yeah, no, thanks for having me here. I had a lot of fun. I hope all the listeners too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, if you can share where people can find you, I almost forgot that bit. Yeah, I mean, 
Twitter, definitely Twitter. I I love Twitter. I had a lot of fun. So my handle is meets Kavon, M-E-E-T-K-E-V-O-N. And basically that would be the start of the journey of you like digging into my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like how, like the way I did. So yeah, I've, I, I've looked at all your links from, you know, starting from your Twitter and just linking to everything that you're doing. So anyway, uh, thanks again, Kavon. Uh, have a great rest of the day and, uh, Hopefully we get to chat in a couple of months and hopefully you can uh, update uh, us, the listeners, me with uh, how your book did and, and would be super excited to read it once it comes out. Yay. Thank you. I'll see you later. Yeah. Talk soon, man. Bye.